Hi everyone, welcome to the Foul <laughs> Rockstar Club. <laughs> it's a smooth start, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome to season two of the Foul Rockstar Ooh. Club podcast. Podcast that talks Woo! to musicians about music, mental health and fashion. Um, so before we start, as is traditional in this world and in this podcast, I want to ask you, Jez, mm. Jeremy Peter Dixon, Hello. 41 years old, who are we? Where are we? And how can people find, <coughs> how well, can people find us? I'm sure most of you know, but that was the silky voice of Stephen Robert Hurdle, BA Honours. I'm Jeremy Peter Dixon, Jez, Jezzy Pete, JP What What. No BA Honours to speak of, but a doctorate in the love. School of Life. <laughs> yeah. In love making. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just ask my wife. Uh, and we are here in Bangtree. Very much the Rome of Essex, a lot of rivers and ancient buildings <laughs> and culture. In our warehouse, which uh, is the warehouse for Best Days Vintage, go to bestdaysvintage.co.uk and all the social medias. We're joined by two of our favourite musicians. Hello! That's, Hello. Their, that's their voices there. Archie and Harry from The Verdicts. Yes. And The Verdicts... For regular listeners, you know that we mention the verdicts quite regularly. <laughs> yeah, almost every week. Yeah, you get a mer- you get a mention one way or the other. Um, so it's nice to actually have you guys on, um, and we've been wanting to have you on for ages. But obviously, you have, you've been quiet recently, so it's good that now you've got something to release. You can actually come um, come and use us. Oh, uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having us. Most of all, That's- yeah, genuinely when um. When you guys started up the podcast, I was so excited. One, to listen to you guys ramble, like, every single week uh, for an hour. Uh, but also because I, I, I've always wanted to be on the podcast, to be fair. Yeah. And I've always... Oh, my, sorry, my cat is just ramming into my laptop. Uh, <laughs> no, but I've always wanted to be on a podcast. And um, you guys just have such a, a great chemistry to bounce off. Oh, thank you very much. You guys. Yeah. Um, but, so, in season one... Eagle-eared listeners will know that we were very popular in Japan. Turns out, in the mid-season break, the Russians have got involved. Didn't yeah. if you know that, but we were like number mm, 40 Probably trying to destabilise the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're number 40-something in the pod- Russian podcast charts. And it must be a coincidence, because lo and behold, I've had, I've had an email come through with a question from a regular Russian listener. His name is Vladimir. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know... You guys can, if you have anything you can know, but this is, you know, legit question from Vladimir. Uh, I'm a long-term listener. Don't, don't do the voice. Whatever you um, do, don't do the voice. From Russia. Okay, I'll, I'll do it in English, but he's, I've had to yeah, Google let, translate it. So, you oh, know, okay. some of the... Is it broken English? Some of the, it might be a bit weird, but anyway, here we go. From Russia, it looks like you British have really fucked up Brexit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think it will... Affect international relation with Russian commerce. Over to you, Jess. Okay, that's quite a heavy question for our podcast. Uh, big time, Vladimir. What can I say? Well, but you know, I've got to answer it. Know a lot about international commerce. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, what do you think, Archie? Do you think um, Brexit is fuck up international commerce with Russia, Great Russia state? I mean, I don't. I don't think Russia's in the EU, is it? I don't think. It's not. I don't think it would affect it at all. You didn't tell him it would know that. <laughs> don't ask me. I, mean, I don't want to criticise him, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's got his finger on the... Dead. <laughs> I wouldn't criticise him, pal. 
<laughs> wake up dead, mate. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly for best days, we don't ship to Russia very often. No. So it's hard to tell whether it's impacted our commerce with them. Yeah, that's true. We get about one Russian order a month, maybe, mm. one or two a month. And they never turn up to Russia anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, Is that so a I, deliberate ploy, do you think, from... <laughs> Vladimir's governmental... <laughs> Stabilise our shipping processes. Yeah. Well, it's working. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to speak for Vladimir, but yeah. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't really answer your question, Vladimir. Yeah. I was hoping for something about uh, the kinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you prefer the kink? Do you prefer kink or beetle? <laughs> uh, which, funnily enough, is actually um, oh. a lead-up to... Last season, we had a question about Song of the Week, but this season two, I've changed the question. Ooh, so as people oh. start to get to know you guys, Harry and Archie, and you, Jez. Mm. So I want to ask you all three, starting with you, Harry. Um, question of the week is, if you could be a friend with any member of the Beatles, Ooh. which member would you choose and why? God. Um, should probably give, should give you Ringo. Oh, Ringo. Okay. Why? Because... Who doesn't want to be um, friends with Ringo? Like he's just the best. He's just the best Beatle, in my opinion. Thomas the Tank Like Engine. the Beatles. Like without that steady drumming beat of yeah. Ringo Starr, would be nothing. Like, and he's just he's just a geezer, <laughs> in my personal opinion. Peace and love. Peace and love. Like a man with a big nose. Yeah. That's why we get on so well. Yeah. Jez, uh, if you could be friends with any members of the Beatles, who would you choose and why? Well, George Harrison has always been my favourite Beatle. And I think it's, I suppose, mostly because I, you know, I like his style and I like his songs. But I like that sort of underdog quality of he was like the sort of third songwriter in the Beatles. He was like in a band with two geniuses. And he had to really fight his corner and just fight to be heard and get his songs heard and he blossomed didn't he later yeah. in later Beatles life as it were and they, he did. they started to sort of respect him as a songwriter and he'd, have, you know, he'd get two or three songs on the album and he always seemed like but did he write a song about an octopus he, not that exactly. I'm aware of no exactly <laughs> checkmate checkmate I'm, I'm not George sure Harrison fans I don't real Ringo fans Archie who would you choose Singer in the That's really tricky. Actually, I've just, just been thinking of it. Uh, I probably wouldn't go with Ringo because it feels more like he'd be with a with a kid who had a lot of money and wanted to do everything he could. Because mm. me and Harry were talking about this film that he raised uh, in like the eighties or something called Ringo, and he has a he has an evil twin brother called Ogneer Rats, which is Ringo Starr backwards. Oh, clever! Uh, and we were talking about it, and it does just seem like this the kind of thing that a child would do if they had all the money in the world. Yeah, vanity project. Uh, I think that would be quite fun, actually, now that I think about it, to, um, to be friends with Ringo. I think he'd be, he'd be, a, he'd be a laugh. But, um... I don't, no, no one has said John O'Paul yet, um, which are obviously the obvious choices. Uh, so I'm going to throw a curveball here. Yeah. I'm going to go George Martin. The fifth beetle. Oh, oh cheat you, sir and sir. Nice. Okay. So edgy, Archie. Yeah. Why would you? Why did? Why did you pick him? I don't think they could have written half the songs they did, the experimental bits, without his help. I think they had the ideas, and he was the one who wrote the string sections. He's the one who kind of did the um, Strawberry Fields Forever um, transition from the two takes uh, that made them fit perfectly together. Like he, he was there, and he, he just seems like a genius. 
mm. the way they work. Oh, three, the of them. three geniuses in the band. <laughs> four. Four. <laughs> four. Yeah. If you include Martin, he has four. Okay. And Ringo. <laughs> Uh, well, when you said that, I thought you said John O'Paul. <laughs> John O'Paul. Oh, John O'Paul there. No, I was uh, actually talking about uh, the current Pope, Pope John Paul II. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to meet him. I d- yeah, I know no one's picked John O'Paul, and I can see why, because I think they'd be difficult to be friends with. Mm. So I think I would also go Jules Harrison. Just feel like he's a nice, safe pair of hands in the friendship states. Nice beard. Um, <laughs> Okay, so little beard, George. Um, this episode we're going to call the verdicts episode. And so I've got a couple of um, we play a game with um, new bands, and it's called this or that, and it's a nice way of people to get to know you guys before we get into the kind of the the dinner. So I'm going to give read out two things, and then I need you both to say which one you would choose. Okay, this uh, or that. So. Um, Harry, Smiths or Blur? Smiths. Archie, Smiths or Blur? Blur. Jez. I'm leaving the bands. Blur or Smiths? <laughs> uh, blur. Okay. Drums or bass, Harry? Bass, obviously. Archie? Um, Peter Hook bass. Okay. Bike or car? Pardon? Bike or car? Bike. Archie. Uh, bike, yeah. Jumper or shirt, Archie. Uh, jumper. Harry. Jumper, obviously. Yeah. He says wearing a shirt. Leather or <laughs> leather or denim. Denim. Leather. Independent or major. Independent. I'd major, but a good major. In fact, no, independent. I think rough trade counts as okay. independent. And then left or right. Left. Is this handed or, or win? Because you. it could be whatever you want it to yeah, be. Yeah, it's how you interpret it. Okay, then we're, gonna, are we, we're not going to get in trouble, are we? Let's just take left. <laughs> okay, so you guys, you've got a new EP coming out, right? Yes. yes. Quakers Alley. When, a week, a week today, a week, because the podcast comes out Wednesday. Um, so, that'll be in uh, 10 days from Wednesday. Okay. And what's it called? And yeah, sell uh, it. Tell, tell me about it. EP Quakers Alley. Quakers Alley. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How many tracks? I, I, I pause to let Harry answer, and he doesn't actually know. So he's counting. You can see his Whoa. fingers. I'm a guess five. Um, it, it really depends what you call a track because we have an interlude at the beginning and an intro, so like. 30 seconds and just vocals so I'm not sure if I'd count that as a track track but altogether on, on Spotify when it'll be there there'll be six tracks six tracks okay. anyway, that's yeah. definitely so that's a proper EP yeah. yeah when does an EP become a mini album <laughs> past dates uh, I'd say okay. yeah um, I think there was a point where we almost like sorry my cat wants to be loud there was a point where we almost um, released it as kind of a really big EP. We were kind of thinking, is this almost an album? But I think we've, we've dropped a couple of tracks now and it's a bit more condensed. Yeah. It's probably seven, eight tracks, a bit bit much. I we've, think, I think we've got a goal by, a by the EP. end of the year that we want to try and write an album's worth of material. Like, 
because uh, we've got over lockdown, we've been writing quite a lot. Yeah. Me, me, Harry, and Albie have been talking about locking ourselves in my like when lockdown's over, obviously, locking ourselves in my dad's shed with just loads of food, guitar amp, and uh, Logic Pro, and just. So this this EP is there a sort of unified message throughout it, or is it just sort of five six tracks it, that you thought fit together? It's really or? just like the more you listen to it, I'm more you, the more you kind of see a kind of storyline. But at the most um, basic, it's kind of just a love note to uh, to Colchester and just our mine and Archie's and the band's um, experiences growing up. Really, just uh, meeting in school and getting together and um, jamming, me and Archie meeting up and writing the lyrics pretty much every weekend for like a whole year. So it's basically just a, a welcome to our world sort of thing. So Funnily what? enough though, there's a, there's a big theme, I think this is, this is completely unintentional, uh, but there's a big theme, including one track that's not on the EP, but it's, a, it's not one. Of trains are featured a lot in our music, and we—I don't—I don't know why that is. I think it's more of a subconscious thing. I think kind of like traveling from places, looking out the window on a train is quite a, 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 a an emotional experience for whatever reason. So when I so that because if you think of obviously uh, one of our singles out, uh, the only single on the EP, uh, Liverpool Street, quite obviously about trains, the station, and that's based on a true story about the time I fell asleep uh, on the train back from Norwich. And I woke up and I was in Colchester Station. I rushed to the door and I couldn't get open. And they're like, sorry, we can't let you off. Let's go. And so I was sent all the way to Liverpool Street and I didn't have a return ticket. <laughs> um, and that happened. And then, no, but there's this kind of thi- like, I, I mentioned there was, a, there was an intro track, this interlude, uh, non-instrumental. Well, it is. It's, it's kind of a sound of a, of a station and you have people like, you know, Big Issue. And then you have like all these, like, it's, it's quite this big kind of sound. And then it builds up right into Liverpool Street. It's, um, it's, the, it's the normal, like, you know, recurring theme of escapism, but it's also, like, a very... It's also a love note to Colchester about your roots, I think. Like, there's a whole... Usually a lot of people want to escape the current place that they are in. Yeah, it's very rare and, for a young band to... I also... Me and Archie, like, we, we do love Colchester, uh, even though what is said in CO3. Yeah. <laughs> It's really. that's, the, that's the lyrics. It's almost like an unintentional concept record, really, because what it feels like to me is is coming in from London through Liverpool Street, um, and the next track, just another heartbreak away, mentions trains again in the middle eight. Uh, so it kind of feels like that's the train journey, and then you arrive in Colchester for CO three misery, and you realise, God, it's not so great here. And then there's a track uh, alleyway, which is the big closer, and um, that's kind of a. That's definitely a, the opposite kind of side to CO3, I suppose. Whereas CO3 is us talking about, we can't wait to get out of here, and talking about like dingy streets. Alleyway is really the same kind of dingy streets, but it's more of a this is where we grew up, and that's pretty cool kind of vibe. We do feel a lot of attachment to Colchester, like it, it's a beautiful community, especially the music scene in Colchester, like. And, like all the bands helping each other out, doing the the gigs all together. Like the last gig at the um, Colchester Arts Centre, where 
pretty much every coach, young coach Stepan was on. It was just a magical moment, I think, and like I'm sure I can speak for all the other bands of coach still. We just can't wait to get back out there and do some gigs again because it is magical. Like all the people coming into a gig and forgetting about their daily lives for two hours and just immersing themselves with people and the music. It's a lovely feeling and you don't realise it until it's gone. Has it been, are you, you guys found it difficult, I assume you found it difficult then in regards to the lack of human contact? Like, have you struggled, not just from a band point no, of view, but from a personal point of view? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, um, lockdown has really been tough. I think, obviously, um, we split up for a little bit there um, around the beginning of lockdown. I think if it weren't for lockdown, it wouldn't have happened so hard and fast. I think we, not being able to practice, not being able to songwrite, not being able to, to record, not being able to whatever, play gigs, has just, it really kind of got to us. And I think we were all in such a weird place because of lockdown and I'm, and I mean, we still are, <laughs> like we're not out of it. Um, it's still a really tough time, but I think I'm, I'm really glad to have these guys. Actually, we, um, we've, we've started a zoom call, a weekly zoom call that we did together. Um, where we just mess around. Uh, we talk, well, obviously we'll talk about like, Oh, this is what we're going to do this week or regarding the band or promotional whatever. And then we'll have like an hour where we just mess around. And it, it's quite nice. Really. Yeah. Um, they're keeping me sane in lockdown, I suppose. We always... Um, oh, sorry, Harry, carry on. I'm very grateful, in a way, for lockdown. Like, it's... I've learned a lot about myself. Um, like, with the whole... With the split up at the end, like, the whole lockdown, it kind of really got to you and, you know, there was some heated arguments, but once... It did split up. It didn't hit you until like a few weeks afterwards. And then you realise what it's gone. And with lockdown, you've um, you've you found out like who your close mates are, your close people, like the people that give you a message and talk to you, like just send you a nice message, like hey, how are you? And like all the all the guys in the bands are like friends before bandmates, you know. And when it had all went. Um, up in the air like all of that was gone and it was a bit it was very emotional and I'm very glad that we have got back together and it's it's lovely to um, be all back together and hopefully we can and like Archie said we've got the um, Zoom call again so it's it's as if nothing's happened you know so it is lovely and we're just riding the wave out of lockdown uh, together to when we can meet up and make more music again Funnily enough, Harry mentions that, uh, you know, it didn't hit you until kind of uh, like a few weeks after. The big moment for me, and this is going to be controversial for you guys because I've heard your your opinions, but it was around the 1975 released the track uh, called Guys. Uh, and I remember that week, probably two, three weeks after we kind of said, okay, well, we're just going to drop it then. Um, they dropped this track called Guys and it was kind of about their experience in the band. But it was very emotional. It was like, I was missing the guys, uh, didn't think I'd realise, and then, like, the moment that we started a band was the best thing that ever happened. It's like, it was like, that hit me just so hard, and it was like, I can't... I admit there was some tears there on that song yeah, as well. that single <laughs> drop, definitely. Uh, that was kind of the moment for me. We always say that, regardless of what happens when you form, like, a band, like, when you're a younger man, 
like you guys, what, 17 sort of age, right? You're kind of coming into, I'm into life and coming out, you know, you're coming into like adult life, right? And But I remember when I was that age, like forming a band, like it still has a huge impact on my life. Even now, 41 years old, I still think it's back kind of to... It defines your life, it, defi- it? totally and utterly defines your life. So the, the period that you guys are going through now in regards to getting together understanding yourself learning about yourselves and kind of like the challenges that you go through define like the rest of your life in a way it's really weird how much a band like you get immersed into it like so when you're in there it's just normal it becomes everything doesn't it promoting on Instagram you're writing and you're always messaging the guys with ideas and all that and then like when that's gone it's like god that was such a massive part of your life and yeah. So yeah, it's kind it of. It was a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah, and it's a bit of a I guess because it everything changes, especially if you split up and then you kind of you fall out a bit or whatever, or even if you just move on, go to university and you move away, right, you move away from your mates that you were friends with and you form another band. There's still nothing that there's nothing. It's still important. Like that first big serious band that you take on, you start gigging and you start meet yeah. girls or start getting good and getting good at your instruments it's like it's it always it's always with you and like yeah I don't know about you Jez right but well, that's, me, it's that's always... kind of what I always hope people who listen to this podcast are people who can sort of identify with that they've either in a band or they've been in a band and they yeah. kind of they carry that with them almost like a sort of badge of honour badge of honour thing yeah. like it does it, even if you were only in a band for you know a year when you were a kid it's still something you always look back on and kind of yeah. certainly for us because we did it for so long it, it does define our life it's kind of set us on the path that we're still but on even like that's one of the things that we think is really difficult for like young people not just musicians but also young people in general like these, these sort of between 16 and 19 like are really like important socially like for development and life and like everyone's being fucking kept apart from each other so right, you know, it's right for us. We're getting old, and we're like got families and stuff like that. And it's, oh yeah, no, I'll go. But you know, even for us, it's, diff- it's still difficult <laughs> mentally, course, but in a different way. But yeah. a different way. But for like, if yeah. There, yeah. If there was any time in my life where, where a lockdown would be bad, it was probably this time. Yeah. I think. Yeah, totally. Um, obviously, I've just started college, and I've met so many wonderful people. I've taken a music course, and yeah. I've just met so many amazing people um, there. And we see each other. You know, well, we did see each other every week when college was open. Uh, but we're never allowed to meet outside after we'd occasionally get lunch together but like we won't be allowed in we'd all just be waiting outside in a bigger line and then go get subway and walk back to the college and it's like it's such a shame because like we had all these plans that we wanted to do and we talked about them like my cat's ripping up my floor um cool. <laughs> we, had, we had these plans you know like parties for new years and whatever and they were always put down it's like it's just such a such a shame because we know we know what we're meant to do, and we know that it's, it's responsible, and like we respect that. But it's just it's so tough because we don't get these years for much longer. We only get them for we only get these years for like a good five, six years of space before yeah. twenty five, twenty six, and then oh, what do I do? It's, it's and having like two years strucken off that because of a lockdown is quite it's quite tough. It's something that's really? not, not being discussed in sort of mainstream media that I've, that I've seen anyway, that this, these years have been taken away from young people. Like, certainly, like, me and my wife were talking about it the other night, like, first year of uni, 
how important that was for for us for like socialization and like just ex- life experience like learning, being forced and learning yeah, about yourself and how totally. you deal with shit and it's a real setback isn't it it really to is and, like go back to home Which, like because that, home that was and, a game changer it was like yeah yeah I d- you know and it must be affecting a lot of people's mental health that that missing out on all that stuff but yeah, I, I well, think it should be here's something. to the vaccine, yeah. right, fellas? <laughs> yeah. Are you are you anti-vaxxers or are you um, pro-vaxxers? <laughs> I was a bigot. Oh yeah. No. If I was to tell you the truth, I'd have to make you cut it. No, um, no we're not. We're not. Um, we're full vaxxers. Full yeah. for it. Big up science. Delicious pint of vaccine, please. <laughs> science. Stick, stick up yeah. science. Stick that. Stick that small prick in my arm. I say. Yeah. Um. So I want to ask. We mentioned it earlier, but the Colchester music scene, like we always, we harp on about it quite a lot and and I'm sure it's had a big impact on the success of most Colchester bands because our, our success as a podcast in Japan and Russia has probably had, meant a lot of extra streams coming from these I'd countries. So. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Colchester music scene and what you th- how you think about it, like the bands that you like, um, before obviously all this happened, like lockdown and stuff like that, but tell tell our Russian fans like just how good it is, or what you or your opinion about it, like the bands to come and like your favourite music and the favourite bands and how healthy it is. Well, uh, hello Russia, and um, <laughs> so Colchester music scene is just it's just beautiful, really. Like before lockdown, there was um, there was God, how many bands were there? There was like oh, several, wasn't there? It's so like. Right. Well, uh, the, like the gig specifically, the art centre gig. Yeah. Or are you just talking about in general? Uh, the, uh, yeah, in general. Like, in general, like, yeah. like several, God, like, multiple. Which, which band? Um, who's your favourite band, Colchester band, apart from you? The you, Verdict. The, the, <laughs> the Verdict. <laughs> I like those guys. Um, that's <laughs> that's a tricky one. I mean, I think uh, just before lockdown, actually, me and Harry wrote quite a bit with um with Jake from the Pajama Party. Yeah. I wrote a track called uh, Paycheck to Paycheck, which is a really kind of exciting one. I think we're, we're quite excited yeah. to get that fully recorded. Um, but I've never seen them live, actually, the pajama party. So. No, I mean, they keep doing gigs on the same day as us, like when we yeah. were doing gigs. It's exactly. like... Our best days gig, I think they were doing something on the same day. It was really annoying. Yeah. We're gonna go see them. Um, but I think then Sandcastle Jesus, obviously they're quite... Um, they were... They were quite already established when we kind of started, so quite early on to see a band. Yeah, we did a gig at the art centre for a for a yeah. school, and it was quite, it was quite good seeing them up there on that stage, seeing that crowd. It was like we could could do that, and within like six seven months, we were, we were on their kind of level, and it was really nice having like someone at that kind of age when we were to be inspired. It's kind it. of went in stages, if you will, like Sandcastle Jesus, like. Our first gig, were like the band, we were like, oh, we could do that, and so yeah, it was very nice to see that. And then like our first proper gig that we did with our lineup. Now we had um, Flips Up Head, which are like a great band. I think they've moved to Brighton now. Mm-hmm. Like I really like those guys. Very experimental guys. Bowie isn't a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say. Um, but and also Anorak Patch, like how they've the rise of the patch uh, from there because we did their first they, they played their first gig with us at their brew house didn't they if I remember correctly and no they, not their 
Their first gig was the Rohedge. Was at Rohedge for the thing. Oh the, yeah, that's where you just saw them. Fun fact: that's the first time I ever met Archie Stora, and I didn't even realise because it was at that yeah. gig. Um, he's the drummer. He's the drummer in your band, right? Yeah, yeah I was a drummer, Archie Stora. It was at the Albion Music Day, and Harry hadn't arrived yet, and Anorak Patch were on, and I'd gone to watch them to see if like they were any good because this was their first gig, and if so, we'd get them on at the uh, the brew house. And I, I was texting Harry, being like, where are you? They're on now. And I heard someone next to me turn to his friend uh, and go, oh, when are the verdicts on? As a joke. And I was kind of like, what? And uh, it turned out it was Archie Constantine, uh, a friend of ours who's really tall, and he turned to Archie Stora. And they didn't see me next to them at all. Like That, that was a complete joke between the two of them and had no idea that I was there. Um and then later on that day, uh, when Harry arrived, we actually did meet them properly, and uh, we spent most of the day with them. But so you, it was, it was just quite funny that. Well, you he hadn't joined the band at that point, or he was, he was. Well, we did have a drummer, but then he kind of just didn't turn up to rehearsals, and mm. then he just left. So, and this was like on the way up to our brew house gig. Okay. So, at that point, had we had we said, oh, should we do a rehearsal with Archie? Were we planning at that point? No, because I remember like um, me, Finn, and Archie Constant at that time had a jam with uh, Archie Stora, and that was when our drummer like just said, "I'm not up for it anymore." So we were kind of sport. It was either Finn goes on the drums for the brew house, which he didn't want to do because he, you know, he's a guitarist, uh, or we try and get Archie Stora in. So we asked him, and he's like, "Yeah." So that's the story of. How Archie joins. So how many gigs you guys played now? God. Right. From um, the start, okay, uh, we okay. played, I'm not sure if this account, we played the Stanley Rovers Nearest Fair. Ten. No, we, we didn't. Called, we were called Chloroseptic at the time. Uh, we played more than three tw- original songs that aren't in our set anymore and a Green Day cover. More than 20? And a McBusted cover. And a McBusted cover. We did McBusted as well. Um, so that's Four one. Points. Then we did the art center. Then we did. Um, oh, then we did townhouse. Yeah. Then we did brew house. Then we did stow market, and then we did three hours monkeys. Is that our next one? Yeah. No, it was best. It was best days next, and then it was oh, yeah. August first. Remember? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's eight, and then three hours monkeys again, and then three hours monkeys again. I like then, Yeah. Then Cambridge. <laughs> Martin, it's only 12. Okay. We only ever played 12 gigs. Speaking of gigs, Archie, something I've wanted to ask you. Your sort of performance style as a frontman, is that something... Because you're quite a, he's a magnetic performer, isn't he, yeah. when you say? He's oh, a very yeah. good frontman. Is that something that just sort of happened naturally when you started doing the band? Is there influences there? Like, have you sort of... See, I'm going to answer your question by transporting you back to my... Year one nativity play. Okay, good. Uh, right, where I played, I played, I played a narrator because I could read quite well, mm-hmm. and that was just an electrifying feeling. Um, actually, like being on stage was just incredible to me. Okay. And like every every single year after that, I'd audition for the next biggest part because I was just so excited to be performing. Uh, and so I got into acting more. Moreover. Um, and I only actually got into music Archie, uh, because Albie had been Archie, since I was four. Can I stop you? Can I stop you there? Because we're about to go into an advert break. Nice. Um, Mid anecdote. That's the place to stop. Um, so yeah, I'm just. Um, why Jess is going to do some um, a little game? I'm just going to log you out. Log you out of Zoom. 
And then can you log back in again in a minute when and you're then, ready? Um, and then we'll chat again. We'll hear the rest of the story after this advert break. Sit tight. Sit tight, listeners. You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Old Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, Mother Crushers. So, Professionalism so, is, and so that is what eagle- I... Eagle-eared listeners may well be aware there that we... That Zoom meetings last 40 minutes. <laughs> and not a minute longer. They used to last for hours. I don't know how I managed to fuck that up, but I have somehow. Um, okay, shall, we, shall I do Rockbusters while we're... Yeah, do I do well, a meeting? Well, while you're sorting out, yeah, I'm going to do uh, Jess yeah. Dixon's, Carl Pugginson's Rockbusters, JD's, KP's, RB's. The answers to last week. Uh, the winner was Maria Kuznetsov, uh, who got the answers the quickest. She we've emailed her a voucher. Yeah. Shaking Stevens and Iron Maiden were the answers to last week. They were. This week's. Well, I mean, Steve gave one of them away last week, so don't say anything for these no. ones again. Right. This is Rockbuster number one. Remember, I'm giving you. It's an artist or band, music-wise. Uh, I'll give you a cryptic clue. Do you like me music-wise? <laughs> give you a cryptic clue and the initials, and then you email in the answers. There's two of them. First one to get the answers right wins a gift voucher for Best Days, okay? So, number one. Ooh, yummy. Ecstasy plus some shit. Or what looks like shit. Certainly the colour. Anyway. It's a bit rambly. The initials for that, I B. Okay, IB. Number two. The fair is burning down. Quick, save the Pac-Man machine. Ah! And that is AF. <clears throat> got that? Freddie, you got that one? No idea. Okay, well, I'm sure somebody in Russia will get it. Say again, Jez. Oh, that okay. wasn't I've been busy doing yeah, it. You've been so nice. Okay, number one. I Initials are IB. Ooh, yummy. Ecstasy plus some shit. Or what looks the colour of shit anyway? IB. Got that? No, that's more difficult. Yeah, I've made it more difficult. Well, I thought last week's were too easy. You you should be able to work these out. And number two, AF. The fair is burning down. Quick, save the Pac-Man machine. There you go. That's this week's Rockbusters. 
<laughs> and you, you have to get them by next week, Steve. So, yeah. Challenge is yeah. on. Okay, well, I'll have to listen to it then. Uh, so how do you <coughs> oh, e- email info at bestdaysvintage.co.uk or contact us through Instagram or Twitter thank you so that ladies and gentlemen is the famous game JD's <laughs> KP's RB's yep boom okay let's Bring back the verdicts. That was Joe Dixon's advert break. And that's everybody. We're back at Archie's nativity. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Larry. Archie, continue your nativity um, anecdotes. My nativity. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was the first time I'd ever gotten on a stage and been like, "Whoa!" And at that point, I'd assumed acting was the obvious way for me. Um. So I went to drama school for a good 10 years. I've always been really into drama and, and performing. I think you can tell watching live from There's a live track on the EP, actually, uh, and you can definitely hear. I'm not much of a singer, but I'm definitely a performer. Like, you can you can just tell. I think um, when I started out, what I was doing was was acting in, in singing. But as, as, as it's gone on, and I've kind of broadened my music taste, I suppose, I think I've started to... To pick up traits from other performers, I think, especially in lockdown, my music taste has really kind of expanded out of uh, a lot of Joy Division, Ian Curtis, um, some Iggy Pop, some David Bowie, kind of like really theatrical performers, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to show off in the verdict music quite yet. I'm not going to I'm not going to dress up like Ziggy Stardust, but uh, I think d- definitely acting is where it first started. I was a really, really like, musical theatre kid, and it wasn't until... Albie, uh, the guitarist of the Verdicts, um, he picked up guitar. It wasn't until then I thought, "Oh, maybe music could, could work." But I don't. I don't you think a, that drama I was, kid you, you seen, drama kid. I don't Great, think like the first time I met him, like was at our like Matilda play, <laughs> and like I just went up to him, being a really nice guy, saying, "Have a good show, mate." And he was like, "Don't talk to me. I'm getting in the zone." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so pretentious. I hate myself." <laughs> I was like, I bet our lives will never cross, and yeah. I'm stuck with it now. But I don't think, <laughs> one of the things I was going to say is I don't think I can think of many Colchester-based bands or younger bands that have, like, proper old-school frontmen now. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time they're kind of, like, shoegazing or behind an instrument. And so that's one of the things I do like, or I really like about the verdicts, is that, like, you guys put a show on, because they you don't have many jump-around kind of frontmen like the old-school days, like of our kind of generation I guess like you know like that kind of palm of the hand kind of stuff yeah I suppose most of them are sort of playing guitar as well it yeah. seems certainly on the so that's thing. I think that's like a, like a kind of real standout something standout mm, it does set you apart yeah. yeah speaking of like musical uh, influences I think what, another big big reason I kind of performed the way I do is very early on our crowds were weren't great and I kind of felt like I had to had to have a responsibility to make people move because if if I didn't think they were enjoying it, I'd make them enjoy it. You know? Um, how do you do that? How does open up the pit? Come on! Yeah, that whole thing. Um, You're not leaving till you start moving. Yeah. Uh, early on, it was kind of 
people didn't really want to move and it was pretty bad. But as our crowds got better and my kind of stage presence improved as well, I think that was definitely a a big a big thing. Once we started getting better crowds, it became a lot easier to, to control. Is um, is fashion important to you guys? Oh, definitely. That's, that's especially for Harry. That question. Yeah, yeah, I love I, I love fashion. Like, if you look good, that's half half the um half the job right there, in my opinion. <laughs> like, all the best bands like carried a uh, a fashion sense. Like, obviously, the Pistols had their had uh, the Vivian Westwood and sex um, shop style and then the Smiths had the charity shop look and um, Blur had um, obviously Damon in his um, track suits what Archie tries to um, in person I have a track suit I have a friend because it said you were like oh look it's, it's like Damon what he wore but you um, Harry you he did go to drama school as well yeah. pardon he did go to drama school as well uh, you are following the path. I didn't know that. Because <laughs> well, in the shop, Harry, you've been in a, quite a few times wearing kind of like some mad outfits. And every time I ask, it's always like, "Oh yeah, they used to belong to my dad." Yes. So yeah. That, that whole dad, idea of the history of clothes back in the eighties. Yeah. So that's kind of rubbed off in me, on me. But I like the idea that the, the clothes have history and a story behind them, and yeah. That it's not just bought off the sh- off like from H and M. They've kind of like they've got so- a story to tell as part of what yeah, their outfits like, are. Clothes like they're weird. Like just for some bit of material, it means so much. And I see like with modern clothing and fashion, everybody just looks the same. And we kind of wrote a little dig at the whole. <laughs> That whole thing in one of our songs, CA3, High Street looks are all the same because like everyone just wearing tracksuits or those man bag sort of things. I'm like everyone each to their own, but it's like it's just everyone looks the same. There's no. There's something I did want to say actually in a completely different section of the podcast about the uh, the band for life one um, because there's a quote from the guy who I. I'm not a fan of, which relates directly to what we're talking about now. Um, okay, and it's okay. one of the it's one of the main reasons. I tell you I what, then um, I was moving on to this anyway, so I want to introduce our regular feature, Band for Life. Tell us then the two bands, and then we'll have a chat about what you're saying and talking about. So, what two bands so, have you got? And we'll guess. The band, oh yeah, two bands: um, or the artists. Beatles and Machine Gun Kelly. Who? Sorry, Finn. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, you've lost us there. Yeah, never heard of them. 
Yeah, well, it, it's not it's not a band actually. I might be cheating. It's a, it's an artist who okay. does kind of like pop punk music, okay. but oh, okay. he was originally a rapper, and he's he's like he's like it's almost like he's having a holiday in pop punk music. He's like trying to vacation in it. It's really one thing. One the one thing that I was talking about about the fashion is that he he gave this interview. He's like a he's like a millionaire from Hollywood, okay. and he gave this interview and he said. You know, I, I played, uh, so I'm going to do the worst American accent you've ever had. Uh, I played Warp Tour this year, you know, and I saw all these, these posers wearing, like, comfortable clothes. Like, um, you know, put on some Doc Martens, you, you poser. And it's like, and it was just so infuri- infuriating because he's he's talking down to these these unsigned independent bands. who Because he, he did about four or five days on that tour, whereas these people went through the entire summer doing it. And he kind of... He, he just he just said that these these people are wrong and um, it was a really just out of touch comment from this from guy a, who from has, machine gun yeah I, from going, machine gun. I agree like the whole thing about punk is not to wear a uniform to be your individual self and like the whole thing like put on some Doc Martens it's like no like just be yourself the whole thing about punk is being individual and not having a uniform. These independent bands went through the summer in hot weather, um, touring um, for months on end uh, through the entirety of the American, you know, America can get pretty hot in the summer. Um, and he, he has the audacity to say these, these are like, these hardworking musicians aren't, aren't real punk because they're not wearing uh, punk clothes, even though, listen to Machine Gun Kelly's latest album. And, uh, Probably yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. you haven't sold it to me. I don't think yeah. I will. I tell you what, fuck you, Machine Gun. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've, um, been, you've been banned. Tell us then, Beatles. Why the Beatles? Um, so this is really tricky for me because obviously the the idea of this is the band for life. You can't listen to it. It's the only band you can listen to for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had loads of ideas, and I remember I was literally twenty minutes before the podcast began. I was walking my dog, uh, and I was thinking. I was listening to my playlist and I was like, which one, which one? And I kept shuffling, I had Modern English, I had The Libertines, I had some really good bands that I've always thought, oh yeah, I can't live without them, The Strokes, uh, etc. And then, and then when I'm 64, but The Beatles came on. Now, it's not exactly a standout track, but I still, I stopped and thought, it has to be The Beatles. Because I just, Revolver, The White Album, Abbey Road, are just insane albums from start to finish. They, they invented so many different genres. I mean, Helter Skelter, Revolution Number no. Nine, uh, Paxman, Tomorrow Never Knows are all just insane compositions that I don't think I've heard anything like like them before or since. And I don't think I could. I don't think I could live without hearing the Beatles again. So I tried to think of it as what band could I listen to for the rest of my life. But I think it was easier to think of it like. What band Ooh. could I not listen to Ooh. for the rest of my life? And oh, I, I, I couldn't not listen to the Beatles. Oh, when you're when so you're si- choice. when you're sixty-four, you'll still be listening to them. Exactly. When Good, I'm sixty-four, that is lovely stuff. Okay, that's season two vibes there. Uh, Harry, hit me with hit us with two bands, and we'll have a, we'll have a guess. The Smiths. All right. So my band for life. Um, I don't know if it's cheating or not, but he was in a band, uh, Spiders from Mars, David Bowie, and. Uh, one that I'm not, that I want to raise is Genesis. <laughs> oh, Collins, Phil Collins, <laughs> Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Every, what, like, what have you no, got against Genesis? Phil Collins is a no for me, and 
Archie Constantine, if you're listening, I apologise, but it's not for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Why? Why? All it's all of it just sounds the same. All his music and Genesis is just so boring. It's middle middle of the road everyday music, and it's just like the same formula over and over again. And it's just bores me to death, really. How many times did you change your your mind there, Harry? Because like we were we were texting just before this. Black lace because Agadu is absolutely unforgivable. <laughs> so that's they're all there. Oh, Phil Collins uh, causes controversy in our in our shop, doesn't he? Because mm. famously, our, I say famously, famously, <laughs> famously in Russia, our playlist that we listen to in the shop is called "All the Best Songs Ever Written" plus some Phil Collins. Steve, well, not even secretly, you you I, take except, great exception to that, don't you? I think Phil Collins has uh, written some bangers, but maybe it's Phil Collins' if I, solo. If no, I remember correctly, you you used to have um, the rules for the playlist, and it said anyone but Phil Collins. Yep. So mm. <laughs> it used to Steve, say, Steve, made me change that. Yeah, it used to be a tune. <laughs> okay, you guys would actually be happy to know. Um, my first instinct for Band for Life, the one that I can never, or that I think should be struck from history, first instinct was Coldplay, but I almost immediately thought, no, actually, because <laughs> be allowed. My, um, my music tutor did a whole analysis of Yellow, and I got to really listen to the track, and it dawned on me, that was actually a good tune, like, they released some really good tunes in the early years, um, the guitar tone really reminds me of, like, High and Dry by Radiohead. Uh, and yeah. so I don't know Coldplay have grown on me and I think I've had an argument with actually both of you about Coldplay <laughs> yeah. in, in the past um, so you'll be happy to know they've started to grow on me i nice. grown on Coldplay that is good to hear it's yeah. comforting good for you like and, a lovely Coldplay melody and I, I put something on Instagram about it the other day and a lot of people said <clears throat> Coldplay can go fuck themselves but the first what, first two albums are actually quite good so well, yeah. I took it as a small, I, a small I like victory that. Head Full of Dreams, is it? It's either yeah. Head Full of Dreams or Adventure of a Lifetime album. That's their, that's the album I like of them, but all the other stuff. Okay. No. Mm. Yellow just annoys me, that song. Uh, sorry, who did you have, Harry, for your band for life? Bowie. I had Bowie. David Bowie. Okay. I, yeah, I can't believe you didn't pick the Smiths. I thought you were going to say Smiths, yeah. Well, I, I would, I would, but David Bowie is like... He's like listening to multiple artists, like yeah. his whole journey Clever. from yeah. um, Space Oddity and um, The Spies from Mars, all the way through from Heroes to um, to uh, Let's Dance, and then onwards to like his later stuff. Like you really, you can't put them together. Like they're really like how he evolved, like with his different characters, if you will. So. Like, I would listen to Bowie forever. Like, mm-hmm. my personal favourite one of his albums is probably his second to last one. Like, the best and of. just keeping that, um, what's the words? The imagination going. Mm-hmm. Like, his imagination was endless and just endless praise for him. No one will ever be like him again. It's a strong choice. You ever heard the, uh, the theory that Ziggy Stardust is actually about Kanye West? The entire album is a concept album about Kanye West. <laughs> Because the first, because the whole the whole concept of the album is that the world's about to end, and then in five years this magical rock star is going to come and save the world. Uh, and then Kanye West was born five years and three days later. And on the album art, there's a sign just above him that says K West. <laughs> 
Ooh. You've ruined that for me now. You've ruined yeah. that album for me. People theorise that Kanye is Ziggy Stardust. Oh, interesting. Okay, so um, we're going to slowly but surely kind of um, slide towards the end. So before <laughs> um, Jez does his new regular feature, um, tell everyone again, the good people of England, Japan and Russia about your EP when's this out how can they find it and and, and what are the influences like who, which you know who would who would be a fan if you're a fan of such and such you should listen to the verdicts Mozart Mozart <laughs> huge Mozart influence Mozart yeah definitely especially on a CO3 Misery our punk track very very Mozart influence see right. oh three a lovely place to live to be is it going like that <laughs> That's, um, yes, uh, EP out January 30th called Quaker's Alley. If you get the reference and you're from Colchester, well done. Um, it's got six beautiful tracks on there. Uh, be on all of your favourites um, Spotify platforms. And Archie, tell us some of the influences. So, um, I'll go kind of track by track. Liverpool Street's kind of Brit poppy. It's very... Oasis-y, Blur-esque, um, kind of that aqueous kind of vibe. It's got a wicked, uh, cor- a wicked chorus, that one. It does have a wicked chorus, and it ends with these two uh, solos by both of our guitarists, Albie and then Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually joined on with the track Intro, which yeah. is basically the same same song uh, that it leads into it. Uh, the next track, Just Another Heartbreak Away, is the oldest track on the record. We wrote it two years ago. I actually found the original... The original kind of lyrics to it from 2019. No, 28? No, 2019. No, 2018, October 2 and T18, which is just really weird. Um, and yeah, that's when we wrote it. And it, it does sound kind of like the lyrics do sound like they were written by 14 year olds, but there's kind of almost a, a boyish charm to them, I think. They, it, like, it works. Um, at the time that we wrote it, it was very influenced by kind of Green Day, but I think when it actually got to the recording, a lot of our newer influence did start to come through. So, as I said before, Britpop is definitely there, but also a lot of classic punk, like uh, The Only Ones and The Ramones, uh, it's definitely come through there. Um, CO3 Misery, lyrically, was really inspired by the artist Rap Boy. I really, really uh, like Rap Boy's kind of stuff. He's a, he's a local boy. Uh, and Harry, um, what do you think about CO3, sonically? What, who do you think influenced it? Um, CO3, absolute banger. Um, great, like uh, like Archie said, very rap boy, and um, it's kind of the streets, like the whole lyrics, like it's, and John Cooper Clark in a weird way, because it's very poetic sort of thing. Like, yeah, it's like a less morbid version of Beasley Street by John Cooper Clark, is well, the way I've kind of seen it lately. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... it's I mean, obviously, every week we're actually releasing a little playlist of tracks that have inspired each track on the EP. Oh, nice. Um, and it dawned on me how actually quite similar in structure the song is to Territorial Pissings by Nirvana, wherein it has this vocal intro, then the guitars, and then the building up drums. It's it's literally almost identical structure, and I never realised that, but it's quite, uh, it's, it's quite cool, to be fair, because that's a really good track. Yeah. Uh, Nirvana classics. Um... After that, we've got Alleyway, which is this um, big finale. Um, acoustic, massive string section. Um, our most ambitious track, without a doubt. Uh, 
we it's written about yeah Colchester it's written about um, this uh, youth club we used to play at uh, Colchester Townhouse the first verse at least uh, the second verse was about the time me and Harry uh, got got stopped by the police um, while we were outside because uh, my dad is in a band called Zesty or who he was and they were doing a gig at the um, Pioneer Studios and me and Harry got stopped outside by the police because uh, they thought we were drug dealers which I think we were both wearing kind of like bright Hawaiian shirts so I'm not sure how they how they got the vibe that we were we were drug dealers but they did uh, and that's what Burst is and the, the, the chorus is just about us as a, as a band I think okay. together cool uh, lovely um, okay so when does it come out again? 30th 30th 30th, 30th. Uh, 30th. Can't wait to hear it. No, me neither. Very exciting. So to wrap up the podcast, um, with Jez has created a new feature. Uh, what's it called, Jez? It's called. Ooh, don't lyrics sound weird when you just read them out. Oh. <laughs> so you're meant to say that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so speaking of poetry, this is uh, this week. I've chosen "Girls, Girls, Girls" by Motley Crue, who are very much seen as the sort of Chaucer. <laughs> Hemingway of uh, the 80s. Friday night and I need a fight. My motorcycle and a switchblade knife. Handful of grease in my hair feels right. But what I need to get me tight are those girls, girls, girls. Long legs and burgundy lips. Girls, girls, girls. Dancing down on the sunset strip. Girls, girls, girls. Red lips Fingertips. <laughs> Trick or treat. Sweet to eat. On Halloween and New Year's Eve. Yankee girls, you just can't be beat. But you're the best when you're off your feet. Girls, girls, girls. At the dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Rocking in Atlanta at Tattletales. Girls, girls, girls. Raising hell at the Seventh Vale. Have you read the news in the Soho Tribune? <laughs> you know, she did me. Well, then, she broke my heart. I'm such a good, good boy. I just need a new toy. I tell you what, girl, dance for me. I'll keep you overemployed. Just tell me a story. You know the one I mean. Crazy Horse, Paris, France. Forget the names, remember, romance. I got the photos, a menage a trois. Must have broke those Frenchies' laws with those. Girls, girls, girls. Body shop. <laughs> Marvel Arch. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Tropicana's where I lost my heart. Girls, girls, girls. Hey, Tommy. Check that out, man. What, Vince? Where? Right there, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, baby. You want to go somewhere? Ooh. Girls, girls, girls. Thank you very much. That is gorgeous. I nearly cared up. Honest to God. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> body shop, body shop, Marble Arch. Body shop, Marble Arch. Yeah. That's nice. So, thanks, guys, for um, being with us, and thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And thank you, Jez, for being with us. Oh, yeah, I've been here. Yeah, and thank you, Freddie, for working with us. And thank you, Dexter, who's down there, for humping us. Yep. Hello to Mother Russia. And speak to you all next week. Thank you to the verdicts. Go and, well, 30th of January, stream, download, however you get your music, get their EP. Goodbye!